Hey everyone, welcome to Meet Sports Alcohol for Monday, May 24th. Uh, I'm JMO, and I'm coming at you from a conference room at a hotel in South Carolina. Uh, everybody's favorite guest, my dad, and I went to the PGA Championship yesterday. We saw Phil the Thrill, lefty, win the PGA Championship. Uh, so today's episode is going to be a little interview with me and my dad. Uh, we talk about the tournament, talk about Phil winning. And we also have some food talk. We talk pizza, oysters, breakfast, uh, and it's a pretty fun time just because my dad's like the most entertaining person on the planet. Uh, so stick around for the interview. Uh, enjoy my dad and I's conversation. Unfortunately, Dylan is stuck in Utah right now. He's on the way back to Montana and had some flight issues. So it's just going to be me and my dad. We're going to let loose. Uh, Dylan's gone. Parents are gone. going to be a crazy, crazy episode. Stick around, listen to us talk golf and food, and take it away, chat. We now welcome on everybody's favorite guest, America's favorite guest, <laughs> my dad. You know how many people were like losing their minds? At, that's like the most downloaded episode we have. Oh, really? when you were on. Huh. Yeah, people loved you. All I did was talk about bagels. Yeah, we might have to like get you your own podcast. Mm. Yeah, we could talk about uh, Italian food and Chinese food. Yeah, seriously. Well, yeah, there's a few foods that we didn't get to last time that I need to ask you about because, mm. uh, yeah, we just didn't get to them. But first, for everyone that didn't see on Instagram, we're coming at you live from the PGA Championship. We went yesterday. We're recording this Monday. We were there yesterday for the final round of the PGA Championship. We saw Phil win. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was the, like the craziest sports event I've ever been to. Really? I think. I mean, other than the yeah. World Cup, like day four of the PGA Championship, everyone wanted to see Phil win. Just the craziest thing. Yeah. And Kiwa Island is just uh, magnificent. Like um, the, the whole setup of like getting to the course and everything and driving through the island. Yeah. Is really nice. Some nice houses. Is it Kiwa, Kiowa? Kiowa. Kiowa. Yeah. I think I heard people say it 15 different ways yesterday. Well, I'm just starting with the Kia from the car Kia, K-I-A, <laughs> and just putting a wire at the end. A wah? Right. But, but, Mom, you said it was Kiwa, right? Some people say Kiwa. Kiwa? Some people say Kiwa. I've never heard Kiwa done, but maybe. Okay, I'm putting a little different spin on it. It's looks like it's Kiowa, because it's K-I-A. Yeah. They want to call it like Alligator Island. Yeah, the amount of alligators. You know what else people were saying wrong? Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. Yeah, Louis. 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 I think it's Oosthuizen, right? Yeah. We. I heard Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. Yeah. Oosthuizen. Well, the schmuck behind us who had everything all wrong was saying it wrong. That guy was the biggest schmuck. He said I, that Phil should take a penalty drop on seventeen. Because he overdrove the green and we're like schmuck. 
Really? He's going to take a penalty? He's going into, he's got one more hole to play? To move further from the hole. Yeah. He was, he should take a penalty stroke to go further back. And the long grass, it was still going to be long grass no matter how far he moves mm. back. Uh, like I was a schmuck. He said a million things wrong. Yeah. You know what was uh, great about the, the whole experience is when we first got there, um, the practice tees and the practice greens. Like at the Masters, you're not even getting close to these guys because there's just crowds of people. And we just walked up and really we could just get close to any play we really wanted to. You know, obviously behind the barrier. But, you know, it was... Uh, you had much more access to players, I thought. Than the Masters? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is creepy how close you are. Like, I feel like in... Uh... Like other sports, when you go to like a basketball game or football game or something, there's like a barrier. There's like this invisible barrier. It's like, okay, here's the fan section. Here's mm -hmm. the athletes. But in golf, there's so many golfers. There's like, you know, there's hundreds of golfers yeah. there. And it's not like they can have such like rigid barriers. Like that one hole we were sitting at, we were watching them on the green and then go to the next hole. And 13 and 14. 13 and 14. That Like you could give them a high five. You could like yeah. hit them. Yeah, that was great. Uh, because 13, um, first of all, these fairways are so narrow. And to think that these guys are hitting balls, you know, 300, 350, 400 yards and winding up in a 60 yard wide fairway is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Also, yeah. that effortless swing on the drives yeah. was the craziest thing. Mm. Like they really don't look like they're trying to crush it ever. Right. Especially in person, like they kind of just line up and go. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Uh, that's right. This is your pubic service announcement and the news that you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. The new trimmer was released only moments ago. And we're the first to get to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscapes with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code meet at manscaped.com. That's code meet, M-E-A-T, at manscaped.com. With their short game was spectacular. Like, if anything, if one of the things I enjoyed most is seeing them scramble from the short Um for the short shots. Like the pitches and the chips. The pitches and, and the chips and the sand play. It's spectacular. The sand, the sand is unbelievable. Mm. It's crazy how good they are out of the traps. I know. It's crazy because like the amount of variability of the sand that they probably deal with from tournament to tournament, mm. like how wet, dry, you know, how heavy, light the sand is. Yeah, but you know what? That's less variation than them being in a thick grass like they'd rather be in the sand yeah well like on 17 we saw mm -hmm. so many people hit it out of the long grass into yeah. the water yeah right what i was gonna say though is the amount like the rhythm that they go at i know i already told you but like just watching when we were following like marikawa for a little while yeah. like going you know drive hit putt like i don't know for some reason when we play it feels a lot more like, oh, we're waiting around. We open a beer, <laughs> like, yeah. we're, you know, hanging well, you know out, what? talking. It's like um, they spend the time envisioning the shot, taking a couple of practice swings, 
But when they're ready to go and it's open, they just they, just, they just fire away. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, God, it gives you such an appreciation because like, it's not like the amount of variables that they're considering with like the wind and like when we're hitting out of the trap, we're just trying to get it on the green near the hole. Like they're actually walking onto the green, looking at the slope. Like it's almost like they're measuring a putt and then trying to land it at a specific part of the green, like at a specific speed. It's just like so much more. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Spieth on 17, um, he was in the sand trap and when I was getting us lemonades. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I walked (laughs) up to the hole. I mean, this was, you know, this is a 25 yard sand shot. It's not a bunker as we know. Yeah. Um, but he was like a foot from the hall. So, you know, one of the things that was really cool also is like the admiration the players have for one another. Like when Speed did that, the other player was like, Thump, you know, like this good shot, even though they're competing, which like at the Masters, um, like these guys are highly competitive. Like I didn't see that kind of interaction going on there. Yeah. You know, what we did see too. No, this is actually insider info. The TV cameras probably didn't pick this up. We saw Bryson DeChambeau, a woman dropped her water bottle and it kind of like rolled out away from the area. Good guy Bryson DeChambeau picked up the water bottle, handed it to someone and it threw, threw his, his ball. ball into the crowd and the person didn't catch it and actually walked over and handed it to them. I think he's doing like a like a campaign to he's improve his public pu- image. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I've I have had enough of everyone hating me. Yeah. <laughs> because he wasn't people. gonna fare well on this uh tournament because he had such a long ball and course management, yeah. Um, on that course, because you just it's just not about hitting the long ball. Although it's a long course, you have to really position your second and third shots. I'm so tired of his excuses, though. Every turn every major tournament after the masters, he's like, Oh, I like wasn't i was feeling dizzy after this one he's like oh it's a hard course it's my first time playing it it's like at some point you suck and you keep sucking yeah right yeah and you know he's like um i'm in the best physical condition my um club head speeds the you know the highest it's ever been but the ball's not going far it's because he's not hitting the sweet spot on his he's not hitting it pure so you can have the fastest swing speed in the world if you're not hitting the ball well, yeah, striking. Well, that's like Phil. Phil outdrove Kepka. I saw some stat that he outdrove Kepka on like a majority of the holes they're on. And there's like no reason for that. Kepka is yeah. like a chiseled god. Phil's yeah. literally 51 years old. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The other thing that I noticed of DeChambeau is that the schmuck behind us was saying too. Yeah. It was maybe like the only right thing he said. The size of his clubs, the size of his putter. It was the guy, like the guy said, it was like a hockey stick. And the grips were like this water bottle. (laughs) It's like giant, giant club. It's insane. But um, one thing that was super evident that like, you know, again, maybe the TV didn't pick up was that every single person we talked to was rooting for Phil. Like, oh, yeah. At the end, you could see it, obviously, because like everyone was running down the 18th fairway cheering for him. But like whether we were at like the concessions online and on the shuttle to the actual place yeah. is like every single person was rooting for Phil. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, pa- Patrick Reed and uh, McElroy in the masters. Yeah. No. 
Which is funny because it's like there's no reason other than him being old. Well, you know, I think um, like a lot of people were like, yeah, we would like to see Phil win, you know, definitely. But any one of the players at the top of the leaderboard, people were pretty satisfied with. It wasn't yeah, like Kafka, it was Hazen, yeah, Streelman. It wasn't like uh, there was dislike for any of the top leaders. No, mm-hmm. very, very patriotic bunch. Seemed like everyone mm-hmm. wanted Americans to win. That. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it was uh, a very casual crowd because you, the, the, you know the hooting and hollering was going on, but when it came time to shut up and let the player you know, swing, everybody kind of calmed down. Yeah. Like you didn't, you didn't have um, the volunteers yelling constantly, shut up. You know? Yeah, that's true. Baba Booey, yeah, there are no Baba Booey's. Yeah. Um, you know what's weird about golf that it never occurred to me before going to this tournament is you don't see a majority of the stuff going on. Which is it's just a weird of a, an event. Like basketball, football, baseball, everything is right in front of you. You don't miss anything. Yeah. Like when we were just sitting at 17, it was awesome because we saw like the, you know the top 15 guys all come in and finish their round. But you just hear a roar from somewhere else, and everyone's just kind of sitting there looking at each other. Plus, there's a million people there. You don't have any cell service. It's not like you could like look up what's going on. You're just like, oh, like yeah. I, w- I wonder what happened over there. <laughs> You know, um, the other thing that impressed me is like the availability of the rules officials, like um, the ball up against the rake. Yeah, John Rom. Yeah, Rom. So his ball um, should have gone into the bunker, but a rake held it up. And um, so he's got to position the ball, right? He's got to put a tee down and get the ball to stay on the side of a hill as opposed to going into the sand trap where it would have wound up in the sand trap anyway. Yeah, but now he's got to compress the ball into the ground so it stays there, which makes it a harder shot than just hitting out of the sand. Right, it's almost like he's got to create a divot and put the ball in. Yeah, yeah. And then what about the other one, um, uh, shooting across the green? green oh, that's not shot. landing on the green and going directly in the water, which gave him the option of either re-hitting that shot with the penalty stroke or dropping in the drop area, requiring him to go over the water again. Cantley, Cantley. I think it was Cantley. Yeah. yeah, that he went back and forth a million times. Oh, that went on forever. I couldn't stand it. He also looks like he's legitimately 12 years old. Yeah. I always assumed he's like 40. And you know, it's not like English people age that well. Right. He's not... <laughs> uh, he does have nice, nice teeth. Yeah. You know, nobody oh no, he did not. <laughs> uh nobody looked as Big or overweight as they look yeah, on yeah. TV. Like Tony, Tony, I thought was much bigger than he actually is. Like yeah. you standing next to Tony, I'm thinking you're taller and yeah. I mean, he's yeah. Is it? We were kind of talking about that a bit. Like the 15 pounds. Am I as strong as Tony Fino? I think yeah. it's a different. I think all of them have just like a different kind of muscle. Yeah. they must they have talk they've got stomach muscle yeah like abs mm-hmm. and yeah hips because none of them look like big at all like i know that golfers are stronger now and more fit than they used to be but like cam smith being able to launch the ball 320 yards like 
seamlessly. Yeah. I, I, and he just looks like he's like it was skinny little kid. Around. Yeah. yeah. But they they it must be just like their abs and core and like hips and lower back and stuff. Yeah. It's all the mechanics. I mean, you see all of them, you know, with the weight on their um, on their front foot. The twisting of the hips and the shoulders and the arms all i mean like they got yeah and like standing up like they're basically like like kepka when he was hitting it like he's like standing up on his left foot basically yeah. by the end because you're like coming across so hard uh it's crazy it's crazy yeah do you want to talk about some food i have like three food things okay well anything else on the uh on the golf uh the only other thing i had is like you know, in baseball, you know, in baseball, when you're like sitting in like left field or something and the pitcher throws a ball and the, everyone in the crowd like thinks it's a strike, but they call it a ball and everyone's like, oh, what the hell? And it's like you're 300 feet away. You have no clue where that ball was. I feel like golf has the same thing, but times 9,000. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah, like two, 180 yards away. They're like, get in the hole. It's like that could end up in the bunker. Right, you have right. no idea. You can't. The sun's out. The ball's white. You, you can't, can't see. It. You can't. You can barely right. see the ball. The Thirteen and fourteen. Watching them launch fourteen. Right, like the fairway is so far away, and it's so narrow. And these guys are launching a ball. I mean, at the apex. Yeah. You know, and it downwind, so the wind's carrying it. Yeah. I mean, the, watching those balls fly. It's just incredible. You have a better, it's the same as baseball. You have a better luck looking at the player and seeing how the player is reacting than you do actually trying to look right. at the ball because they're thinking about the spin, where they're trying to land it on the green, the slope of the green, all this stuff. It's like that schmuck who is, Colin Morikawa hit a ball from the fairway onto the green and everyone that was by the green like erupted. So I was like losing my mind. I was like, yeah, nice shot. And the guy was like, where did it land <laughs> i guess i overreacted yeah. i didn't know where it landed specifically i was just cheering sure. that it was a good shot apparently it was like five feet from the hole he was like you don't know where it landed i'm like i'm assuming it was a good shot yeah i was, was trying to be in an a-hole yeah uh-huh he was like well you didn't even see the shot even <laughs> if i could see where it landed i'm still 180 yards away it could be 10 feet or 20 feet i don't know how good of a shot it was yeah. okay it was kind of an a-hole yeah, that's why um, these practice rounds, these guys really um, learn the course, you know, yeah. and they know the slopes of the greens and like they know where to hit it. Yeah, at the same time that they take on the putts, they take nine hours wow. marking the ball, picking it up, talking to the other guy who's going to like, yeah. they take But you so know, I, I, again, the scrambling around the greens, like on 17, like when we first got there, there must there was probably like five bogeys and one par from the first six players that went through, you know, and they're all trying to keep the ball out of the water. So they're ending up in either the bunker or the tall grass. Yeah. But watching them scramble out of that, it's fun because they're incredible. Yeah. You basically got to like take the bogey. Like you just got to say, that's why it's so like when I was, when we were talking about the scores last night and like, how, you know, six under or five under won the entire thing. Second place was four under. Like, it's not that good of scores. Imagine trying to be Kepka. You're going into the round one under or, like, one behind Phil. And you're like, I have to make up strokes. 
Like I need to finish under on this round in order to win. And then you get to holes like 17 and it's like, you can't even, you can't think about trying to birdie. There's so many holes where you can't even think about the flag because it's so close to the water. Very good pin placement on 17. Yeah. Well, hard you know, pin placement. Uh, but they all played conservatively and didn't want to uh, give up the strokes of having the ball go in the water. Yeah. Because the penalty area was no bog. You still had a um you still had a it's a long shot and it's not like you have a better angle at it. Yeah. You just spin on the ground. No. Okay. All right. Well we got this it was the coolest sports event of all time. Yeah. Got to and seeing Phil when it was uh, spectacular. Walking down the 18. We were on, Mom, we were on 18. Phil hit the drive at our ankles. We could have picked up the ball. All right. He so came, we were walking up to the green to see him on the green. And his tee shot was literally five feet from us. It, it hit the barrier and bounced back into the fairway i couldn't tell if i kept being able to see phil i there was a crowd of like ten thousand people and for some reason i was always like there's phil there's phil i think he was noticeable because he was on his in his own space right. like covered by security and stuff i also think half a dozen times i just saw a tall white dude in a black hat and was like <laughs> there's phil yeah that must have been it's impossible that yeah. we saw phil what about the crowd erupting and following him down the fairway. That was the coolest thing. Yeah. Well, that shot was so good. Yeah. I mean, God, I can't imagine the pressure. You're like, uh, you have all these people swarming you, like swarming you. You have to keep your composure. For Without the golf tournament, if there were just that many people near me yelling at me, I'd be nervous. I get nervous when the force from behind pulls up and I'm on a tee box. <laughs> yeah, you know? seriously. And God forbid they're like, women. Yeah. I always hit bad shots to get nervous. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. It was insane. You know what else was schmucky as somebody said? They were like, oh, you hate you hate the elevated greens now because we couldn't see Phil. Right, because the whole crowd and everybody was, yeah. But yeah. if anything, an elevated green is kind of nice. For the people in the stands. For the people, yeah that are close people. by get to see him mm -hmm. i mean unless it's a perfectly shaped dome around the green yeah. i don't know that was dumb you can't not everyone can see phil yeah incredible course design like how they could flex that course and the length of the holes um based on the wind conditions yeah 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 it's pretty awesome all right you want to do a couple of food things okay. that we didn't talk about last time all right so first one um i have three Okay, got it. The first one, this is what mom brought up. Your choice of egg pairing, like, depending on how early it is in the morning, you want your eggs a certain way compared to later in the morning. And depending on the type of eggs, you want different kinds of potatoes with it, right? Like hash browns compared to whatever. What's, like, your philosophy there? Okay, so my philosoph uh, philosophy is, like, I like over easy eggs. Across right? the board, no matter what. Well, no, that's like an early morning egg. <laughs> um, you know, preferably with home fries and ketchup, right? Because you got the uh, egg yolk consistency yeah. with the home fries or, or a hash brown, right? Hash browns go really good with over easy eggs because the potatoes soak up the yolk yeah. so well. 
Better than hash browns. Right. Sure. Ash browns could go either with scrambled or. So early morning would be uh, over easy. You know, late morning would be scrambled. And then like an afternoon thing would be an omelet. Because an omelet could be like a lunch or even a dinner type thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, a savory omelet. Well, and, and it's usually, uh, it's bigger, right? It's got more. Uh, yeah, it's like it's more of a meal. It's more of a meal. Because early in the morning, you want like something right. lighter. Yeah. yeah. Is there any, uh, do you, you don't have the same thing with like the meat, like having sausage compared to bacon uh, or ham? Well, with pancakes, uh, I like sausage. Typically with the eggs, I like bacon. Um, so like you got your ham, right? A ham goes good with an over easy or a sunny side egg, right? Because you can take the egg, you put it on the ham and you grab some potatoes at the same time. Yeah. Right. Um, sausage and bacon, you know, they're exchangeable. You know, I guess, uh, maybe sausage more with uh, a pancake or a waffle. Yeah. Well, the sausage seems like it goes with pancakes. You don't have like pancakes and bacon. Pancakes and so yeah, yeah. Right. So the strong. bacon goes more with the eggs. The sausage goes more with a pancake or a waffle. Yeah. And the ham is exclusive to the over easy or sunny side egg. Yeah. I wouldn't do ham with scrambled eggs. Ham with scrambled eggs. Well, not like well, I'm, I'm thinking like a ham steak, no. as opposed to just like chopped up ham with ham and cheese. In uh, scram and scrambled eggs, all right. But that's not very exciting. Uh, eggs. No, uh, I think it is. All right. Uh, you have a system for everything. Everything. Mm. You are a wealth of information. What about? Um, I was actually wondering this. McDonald's breakfast. Uh, Do you go egg McMuffin or sausage? I I go sausage McMuffin. Really? Yeah. I think I like the spiciness of the sausage. Isn't it weird how an egg McMuffin comes with ham? Yeah. An egg McMuffin should come with just egg and cheese. Well, that's a problem. You should. Because uh, if you order an egg McMuffin, right, it automatically comes with the ham. Yeah. Right. Um, once I went to McDonald's, uh, I forgot to say sausage McMuffin, and it just came with ham and cheese. Uh, no, it came with uh, egg and cheese. I got like a meat in my. Well, it's, it's tough because you don't want people ordering an Egg McMuffin wanting ham uh, and not getting it because it's just egg and cheese. But at the same time, if you're like a vegetarian, you must feel like a schmuck being like, give me the Egg McMuffin, hold the meat. Yeah. Because it's just called an Egg McMuffin. Right. But if you're a vegetarian, you're probably not eating the egg either. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Next one. Okay. Uh, oysters. Yeah. Since we just had oysters, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like you thought I did a lot of things wrong when I was doing it. I literally made a note of it during dinner. Yeah. Um, other than squeezing the lemon with the fork. Okay, so first of all, um, so we had Virginia and South Carolina oysters. Um, I prefer the cold water Prince Edward Island, you know, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, yeah. The Northeast oyster. What's the difference? Uh, the texture. Uh, well, it depends on what kind of oyster you're talking about. Like we had the choice of three different, the briny one, the salty one. Yeah. And the middle one. 
Um, but I think uh, the, the shellfish in general in the Northeast is better. It's sweeter, it's got a better texture. Same thing with like uh, the lobsters. That's you know, a, I don't know if people, a lot of people agree with you. Like I, well, I, I don't know. I don't think I have an opinion on it, but you know, like the Southeast is really into like their low country boil and stuff. They got like- Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But the low country boil is not that, it's not, um, you know, cold shellfish. You know, it's more, it, so it's, it, the crab is big. Yeah, crab. The crab, the sausage, the potatoes, and that whole boil thing, the shrimp. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Well, eh, you put a little grits on it, and you don't have to worry about it. I mean, I've had it. I got it. With my, <laughs> I got it with my friends on Tybee, and like, it's fun because it's like a thing. You know, right. we like went to the crab shack. We got drinks. They give you like the bib and like the all the crab. Yeah. But like, the it's only the potatoes. It's a big. It's a big hoopla it's fun it's good because it's fun but like otherwise it's kind of gross you know like hibashi is fu equally fun but the food's actually good like why can't the food be good well it's messy I, it's an experience you know cracking the shells on the table you know yeah so um i, I would say most people would agree with me that the northeast uh shellfish is, is superior to the south and the west coast. Uh, okay, wait. So, what's your oyster process? So, the oyster Cocktail process sauce, is um, first of all, everybody should know how to chuck an oyster. Okay, because the few of us who can always get, uh, you know, coerced into being like the local, you know, oyster chucker for the day. You know. Yeah. So it's like gotten to the point where, like, at the boat club, I won't even tell anybody to chuck oysters because I don't want to stand there all day and open and, up and oysters. Be the has yeah. to do it. <laughs> the other thing about oysters is um, when you open up a bad one, you know it because they smell to high heaven. Really? Yeah, yeah. They stink. How often do you get a bad oyster? Oh, it depends on how fresh they are. Like they uh, went bad, or like they are. Bad? Well, it died. Oh yeah. Before you opened it. You never want to, if a shell is open, the fish is, the clam or oyster is dead. It never occurred to me that the oysters are alive up until when you shuck them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you they have to be alive. You wouldn't open up a, a dead clam and eat it. I'm not saying that. It makes sense. I'm just saying I never really thought about it. Is it the same with mussels? You open up the shell of a mussel and cook them? But you open no, up... No, no, no. So when you steam or boil yeah. or saute, the, all the shells are shut and everybody's alive and happy. Living oh, in their own and then it, world. Opened, it opens as you cook them? Right. Got it. Yeah. Wait, so you, oysters partly alive? when They're, uh, they're all alive. It's not partly alive. It's no, when alive. you eat them. Mom, you were saying that they're partly alive? The clam? No, uh, oyster. An oyster. In that one second they die? I don't think so. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they still, have a little, they little still may have a little spell left. I know. <laughs> yeah. So what I was telling you is you don't put the lemp, like, don't be these people that get a dozen clams and take uh, your lemon and pour it all over the clams because you'll notice that they shrink when they get the... Um, acid of the lemon yeah and well you don't want a shrunken clam yeah, shrink <laughs> you don't want shrinkage you, you don't want clam shrinkage 
So you put, you know, you put your condiments on as you're eating them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, lemon, a little bit of uh, cocktail sauce, maybe a little spritz of Tabasco. And I was talking about oyster crackers. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so they didn't give us the right, like an oyster cracker is a round cracker that fits perfectly on either a clam or an oyster. In the, in the shell? Uh, on the shell. Right. What's I mean, the... that's if you want to really dress it up. What about horseradish? Yeah. So, um, so there's a couple of ways you can go. So the cleanest and probably the tastiest is just like the vinegar with a little bit of chives in it, mm -hmm. right? Like a little spritz of that with maybe a little lemon. It's clean. It's easy. It's not a Broadway production, right? And then you can get into the cocktail sauce with a, a little dab of horseradish with a little Tabasco on top of that, with the oyster cracker on top of that. At that point, you're basically not eating the oyster. Yeah, I know. It's dressing up. It's dressing up i don't know if i've ever had an oyster without all that stuff um yeah i was trying to get you to take one with vinegar but you didn't do it i already had my share so uh -huh. i already yeah. had like two of them yeah i'll have to do it another time yeah i love oysters yeah. though yeah all right last one uh so pizza we didn't talk about pizza last time here's my question for you though Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. You know what he's going to say? He's going to say we've got such high standards for pizza. No. And yada, yada, yada. No, no. That's not what I'm going to say. What I was, what I'm going to say is all like our Uber driver who yesterday, two days ago, was like lived in New York and said the pizza's not as good down here. And she was like, oh, it's because of the water. Yeah. You hear people say that all the time. It's about the water for both the pizza and the bagels. Is that true? What's the difference in the water? That's like that to me sounds like baloney. It's it, I look. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like not. all those things that people say, like oh, it's this. Well, it's no, no, that. no. Hold on. The water, uh, the composition of the water, determines um, the rise of the bread. Okay. Right. Like when you. Well, kind of. It's also like the yeast, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the yeast of water. And, you know, the whole combination of things. That's why uh, you can't get uh, a good bagel down south. Like, it seems like you need New York. New All right, but let me ask you this. If that was what was truly holding back pizza outside of New York, if it was truly the water, then you should be able to take any schmuck from Georgia, put them on a plane to New York, and they should be able to make perfect New York pizza. They should, because they got the right ingredients. But, but I guarantee you that they can't. You know, that's a very interesting point, right? Like you got, you know, Tony and Gino and everybody down here that says New York style pizza. I, that would be really the ultimate test. If you, if you, put if, if you picked up Tony from uh, Charleston and brought him into Brooklyn and said, okay, make you pizza and see whether or not it comes up to be a good pizza like everybody else in Brooklyn. Yeah. Good. What's that? I've heard that there's been times throughout history where they've shipped, like to Florida, especially lower New York. The water. And it's still. No, no, I, I had a, uh, a friend in high school that shipped, took right. a tank of water, so I don't think it's water and brought it down here to the south. No, 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 it's the atmospheric pressure buffalo. on the water. It's the atmospheric pressure on the water? Well, you take the water, but it, it, when you bring it to a different. Uh, no, I'm just going to throw out this whole water argument. That okay. doesn't make any sense. To All me. right, I, I don't know. 
Well, I, no, all I know is they don't have it right. Like when we in Atlanta <laughs> go for a pizza and we've got mozzarella and cheddar cheese on a pizza and your mother yeah. says there's an orange tint. Yeah, that's bad. You know that pizza's not good. That's be bad. bad. But you know what I will say, though? Like last night when we went to go, we stopped by those places. Right. And that place we went to had the small pizzas. The 12-inch pizza. The 12-inch pizzas. I don't think you guys give enough credit to there being different styles of no, pizza. No, you're wrong about that. Because when we went to Europe and you'd get the little 12-inch pizza in the wood oven. Yeah. Right? With minimal sauce. It's almost like a matzah. Uh, with sauce and cheese on it, right? It's not the big extravagant New York slice that's, you know, a foot long. Yeah. Um, and that was delicious. We love that. Okay, but what about last night, the pizza we got? That's like a bar, like pub style. It's edible. But yeah, I think that's good. It's like a different kind of pizza. Like it's doughy. It's got, you know, it's smaller. It's just like its own, it's a different kind of pizza. Right. It's not competing with the slice of New York pizza. Yeah, it's like its own right. thing. The New York pizza's got a thin crust, you know, just the proper amount of cheese and uh, sauce, right? The other thing, you know, so here's maybe back to the water, the point about water and the rising of the bread. I have yet to see in Georgia, okay, um, the dough of a pizza that bubbles up. Yeah, they're like the yeah, dough, like yeah. you get those uh, air pockets. Mm -hmm. Have you seen an air pocket in a slice of pizza? No, I don't think so. Okay, so what causes the air pocket? The moisture of the water and the dough. You know it what it probably is? Also, it has to be the thinness of the crust. You know what? Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know if it's the water because also the thing with New York pizza is you get like the bottom's not burnt but like it's crispy enough it's to hold crispy it together enough to hold it together here right. it's 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 a floppy so mess floppy yeah but it's not like so what do they what do they do i'm telling you Is it's it the, the water like i've just convinced myself it's the water explain the bubbles because if it's not the water creating the bubbles in the dough then i don't know what it is yeah mom yeah. what buffalo, buffalo pizza yeah, they're the most hellacious Oh, well, buffalo pizza and wings, right? You can't get one without the other. Yeah. And then you got to dip your pizza in the blue cheese of the wings or the uh, ranch sauce. Yeah, really super thick pizza up there in Buffalo. Yeah. And how these people swear by buffalo pizza. <laughs> well, I know they grew up with it. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying and, you got to give more respect to the different kinds of pizza. That's my whole Oh, thing. nobody respects it more than me. <laughs> Try and get a slice of Sicilian. Yeah, I think Sicilian's easier to fake, though. Well, because it's much more dough. It's just doughy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but a good slice of Sicilian is spectacular. The, the best thing on the planet. Oh, I love it, yeah. If you could get, like, a slice of pizza from New York here, would you go Napolitan or Sicilian? You get, like, one slice. No, one slice I'm going Napolitan. Yeah. Yeah, the second slice, I'll do Sicilian. <laughs> one of each. You remember I took you and Allie to the two, two different places, one that had the best Napolitan and one that had the best Sicilian in New, in York. New York? Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, this is where you go for the Napolitan. And I took them to um, uh, Alfredo's mm -hmm. yeah. for uh, the Sicilian. 
What a big slice of Sicilian, huh? Yeah. Do you prefer the middle or the corner? Like, do you, you want to get some of the I want an right? end, but not a corner. Yeah, so you get some of the crust, but it's not all crust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want half, half of it to be crust. I only want one quarter of the crust to be crust. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, cool. Any other pizza takes or golf takes? No, that's it. Congratulations to Phil. Yeah, I'm glad Phil won. 51, 51 years old. It's the year of the old people. You guys yeah. are in good shape. You got Tom Brady winning at 44. You have Phil winning at 51. You have well, Lo- he's, uh, he's not 51 yet. All right, 50 in 11 months. Yeah. You got um, LeBron James. He was like a robot person, although he lost the first game. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy about that too, though? Last thing. It's not like the young people are getting worse. If anything, athletes are getting better at a younger age too. Like, especially in the NBA, like the players that come in, they're not coming out of high school like they used to, but they're becoming like so well-developed, smart players because i think part of it is like social media too like you have to be aware and you have to be professional and you have to like take it seriously to get to such a high level that you have like 19 year olds who are incredible but at the same time you have phil mickelson who could literally be competing on the masters tour right yeah i think phil said it best yesterday he's like he he has to work harder to compete with these younger players because, you know, he doesn't have the strength and the distance they have. But he's got the mental aspect of the game and the years of experience. Yeah. You know, like, he, he didn't crumble, you know? Yeah. God. That was one thing that uh, one of uh, the people said yesterday was um, his therapy. Like... Um, oh, his wife's meditation. The meditation, yeah. Yeah, his wife... Which made a big difference like, in this game. yeah. Yeah, he was saying, he said before this tournament that, like, in previous tournaments and, like, recently, he's just had trouble, like, keeping focus. And uh, she actually tweeted, like, today or yesterday that, like, a week ago or a couple weeks ago, Phil and his brother, who's his caddy, where they were all having dinner, the three of them, and Phil was like, I made a major breakthrough. Like, I'm going to win a tournament soon. And she was like, okay. And then two weeks later, won like the second biggest golf tournament in the world. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. Westwood's girlfriend should help him too. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, we don't have to get into the yeah, yeah. caddy thing. Yeah. That's a whole separate discussion. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk about the caddies next time. Okay. Will you do the podcast again? Yeah, I'll do a podcast again. Sweet. We gotta we'll, get... we'll do uh, how about a, a boating uh, safety lesson? Like uh, so we're, sports. We're we're booked, right? We're <laughs> booked for next next couple months. Jet skiing. Uh... No, can't do that. Okay. <laughs> no, we could do that. We I'm telling we gotta get you set up with one. I should just make one, make a podcast for you, and you all book whoever you want to talk to. Yeah. Get you like a boating dude or. A... Yeah, like a reoccurring yeah. segment. All right, well, this is the time to set it up because Dylan's stuck in Utah on a flight. Yeah, he, he hasn't. Dad take. That's good. I'm just saying Dylan's, you know, stuck in Utah with no cell service trying to get his planes. Let's make some 
big plans for the podcast. You don't need his permission. Oh. The land of Montana. I'll tell you, you and Dylan are hysterical on this podcast. Oh, thank you. Very entertaining. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I could go without all the Manscaped banter. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I'll edit that out. <laughs> What? Oh yeah, washcloths. Uh, no, you know what? They've already with their uh, white boy summer or whatever they. Oh my god! Right. So How? what? Really, people are against clean cars. I get the salmon shirt and I get the flip flops. Wait, 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 I came up with that. That wasn't Chet Hanks. I said clean cars. Yeah, you're anti-clean cause. Well, let me, can I explain? Okay, got it. Here's, here's my point. Your car should generally match who you are at the time that you have and what you're doing, I feel like. Like, I feel like if you're, like when I was in college, you should just have a car that was passed down. I'm with you 100%. It might have bumps and it should have like, and hats, like random hats in the back seat. There should be Gatorade bottles on the ground because it's a car. You're in college and you have a car that's crappy, and that's the right. Point you shouldn't it. be driving your Tesla to. Uh, you yeah, know. and even in high school, like my friends that had like you know nice cars that were like perfectly clean. Well, you know if they're driving their parents' car, that's one thing. But like, what are you doing? Like, what's the point of having the car? No, no. Look, I'm with you to a point. I'm all for the baseball hat in the back seat with a couple of Gatorade bottles and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the physical cleanliness of the car. Like, I don't want a sticky um, steering wheel and schmaltzel and dust in the vents and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, like, that's what makes me nuts. No, that's fair. And the, the, your windshield is filthy. Like, the, the glare of the oncoming traffic, I still see, like... Uh, the fingerprints and Lucy's footprints up against the, you know, the passenger side wind, windshield. You got to clean your windows. All right. Well, first of all, I just drove five hours to get here. Right. And second of all, two windshields, two windshield wipers have flown off that car. Right. So I'm not touching the windshield. I'm talking about the again. inside of the windshield. I know. I'm not cleaning that. You know how gross the steering wheel is, too? Probably. I've never cleaned the yeah, steering wheel. Think about that. How sweaty and smelly and dirty you are after yesterday's golf round. Okay, that is kind of gross. Okay, because when I got back, I took a washcloth. I wiped down my arms and my face, and the thing was dirty. Like yeah. a, a white washcloth is now brown from all the sand and the sunscreen. Now, all of that sand and sunscreen and crap that you have on your hands are on your steering wheel. Yeah. Think how strong my immune system is, though. Every day. I'm yeah, because now you're rubbing your eye wheel. after you touch the steering wheel. And uh, yeah, I was you're just, spreading Corona back and forth to yourself. Between I was, you and the steering wheel. I was preparing myself for, for COVID. You now COVID didn't stand a chance. I was, again, in the car and I licked the steering wheel. Uh, I, <laughs> Yeah, and I clean it and vacuum it and blow, use the leaf blower to get all the dust out. And then you just schmuck it up, you know. I appreciate nothing. it. I know. It's not that. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you for sitting in the hotel conference room for an hour and mm -hmm. talking about golf. All right. And for taking me to golf and stuff. Okay. Are you going to now do your own Manscaped 
spiel. I don't know. I was gonna copy over Dylan's from last week. Um, he's he does it better. He's a deeper voice, <laughs> much deeper. <laughs> I sound so mad. I sound so you know, emasculated. The landscaping story went great. Uh, the manscape sponsor went great with the hula hoop story. Oh god, yeah, yeah. that's true. All right, All next right, time okay, hula hoop okay. story too. No, we're not sharing that one. All right. I remember those days. I had no rights. I remember those days. I had no sticks. And that was our show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between me and my dad. Hope you took a took away some solid info. Be sure to keep your car clean. Don't mix bacon with your pancakes. Uh, and always appreciate the short game from pro golfers. Uh, man's a wealth of information and a pretty entertaining wealth of information. Uh, and be sure to follow us on social media at MeSportsAlc on Twitter and Instagram. Potentially some big news coming about the podcast. I don't want to speak too soon, uh, but we got some cool things in the works. So always appreciate the support. Tell your friends about the podcast. All right, fam. Peace. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Because maybe